0: Welcome to the Adoptee Diaries, the show where we dive deep into topics that matter to those who are part of the adoption constellation. I'm your host, Bethany Frazier, and I'm here to guide you through the profound experiences that shape our lives and connect you to the resources available along the way. Have you ever felt like your story was both a puzzle and a map leading you to your own truth? In this episode, I invite you to listen to me as I read my personal essay that I wrote in early 2023, shortly after I started to share my story. It wasn't easy to find the story surrounding the circumstances of my adoption. I had no idea what my ethnicity was. And I started this podcast so I can make sure that other people that might be in a position similar to mine don't feel alone and have support and have community so they can search, they can heal, they can have a sense of identity and even belonging amongst a community of adoptees. Um, It wasn't easy to find the story. It wasn't easy to share the story. It wasn't easy to write it. And it's not easy to read it. But today I do read my personal essay just to make sure that anybody that's listening to the show knows my story and where I come from, I kind of just went head first into this podcast, and I assume that maybe people listening are friends and family. But for the um, for the chance that somebody's listening and doesn't know me personally, um, today I'd like to read my story to you and just give you that background so you know where I come from. Um, for adoptees, if you are curious about who you are and where you come from, which I know we not. Not all of us are, Um, everybody's journey is different. But for those of you that are potentially looking, searching, wondering, wanting, um, it got a little bit easier with the advent of DNA tests and open records. But if you still have that sense of you're all alone, you are not. I have gone through search and I have experienced reunion with both my birth parents. I am a story of truth and trust and forgiveness and faith and family. And I'm here um, to share so others don't feel alone and also so other parents um, and consultants and social workers, caregivers can learn. So thank you for being here. Take a listen. At 43 years old, through an ancestry search, I found more than my DNA. I found family and that freedom type of forgiveness that usually only comes from what feels like an impossible combination of acceptance, release, and grace. Just like the scattered pieces of a mosaic, I received broken and incomplete pieces of information throughout my life whenever I asked about my ethnicity and the circumstances of my birth that led to my adoption. I can't recall a time when I was not searching, longing for something that was missing. What I was searching for could shift from mundane to large and lofty. It wasn't always clear. As a young adult, I searched for a good time. As a wife, I searched for passion and security. And as a mom, I wanted stability and support. I couldn't get settled. I was happy, adjusted, successful personally and professionally, yet I was never satisfied. If I go further into the memory vault to a single digit age when my family lived in the olive green split level outside Chicago, I have memories of daydreaming and searching for someone who looked like me. Someone with green eyes and this puffy brown thick curly hair and my lean muscular body under a totally not Caucasian cover. I imagined she'd know how to style my hair or have an outie belly button too often referred to as exotic. Maybe she was from the islands. I often asked my parents who raised me about my parents who made me. What did the adoption agency say when they got me? I knew nothing from the day other than they got a call from someone at the adoption agency and the voice on the line said they had a little girl. My dad said we'll take her and that was that, like carry out dining or something. The answer never changed and knew New information was never uncovered. Every time it sounded so simple, but to me it felt so complicated. Too many unknowns and too much gaslighting in a pass the peas kind of way. Grateful to have been placed in a loving and nurturing forever home. I dared not ask too much out loud, so I definitely kept too much in. Occasionally, I stopped interrogating my parents because maybe they really didn't have any information from those birth records beyond what they had already told me. You're Russian, like our friend Sue, honey. They didn't tell us much anything else," my dad would say. Some days I'd believe their version of my truth, but wonder and curiosity always resurfaced. More dead ends, more distractions. Life got busy with school or marriage or kids. Sometimes I was happy enough with the life I was living that I'd forget about searching and the fog would lift. Yet I always land in the same place, down the rabbit hole of searching, with all the tools available to me. For decades, this curiosity tug and pull continued. Without knowing, I mastered the tender and exhaustive balance of remaining inquisitive, yet sensitive, in my search for confidence and answers. In the summer of 2020, at age 43, I did an ancestry search and the beautiful and whole mosaic was revealed. Over 40 years ago, on a fall October night, a pint-sized young woman started to feel contractions. The youngest sister of three gave birth to a baby girl and named her Angelina Marie. The young mother was barely 19 and white. The father, a few years older, was black. The girl's parents, now grandparents, gave their daughter an ultimatum. Get rid of Angelina Marie or we'll get rid of you. Against the backdrop of racially divided Buffalo, New York, the young, scared, tiny thing of a woman chose her baby and her boyfriend, the baby's father, and left her family behind. Disowned and afraid, she moved in with her boyfriend, who left school, picked up a variety of jobs, and kicked out his roommates to create a home for his new family. His extended family pitched in with babysitting and support the best way they knew how. The new father thought they should marry, but the mother wasn't so sure. As weeks passed, her family and friends continued to pressure her to give up the baby. Suffering in silence, she caved to the pressure from all directions. She packed up her sparse belongings and left quietly in the cold while her boyfriend and father of the baby was at work. The young father came home after another long day at work to an empty house. No baby, no baby's mother, and no clue. In a frantic search before cell phones or social media or Amber Alerts, the father tracked down the mother and learned Angelina Marie, his baby girl, was taken to a neighboring town's social services office and placed for adoption. The circumstances surrounding Angelina's birth were captured in paperwork archived in New York, a closed adoption state at that time. The yellowing paper held the secrets of my identity and it would stay sealed as if it was daring me to be bold enough one day to figure it out on my own. I was the baby described in the paperwork, deemed special needs because I was biracial, although that piece too would remain archived. After a few weeks in foster care, I was placed in a loving Christian, Caucasian forever home and never told I was considered special needs simply because of my mixed race, only told I was Eastern European, from Russia specifically. It was a chilly December day shortly after my 30th birthday and one month before I was getting married and ready to settle into family plans of my own when my birth mother found me. We had a series of awkward exchanges over email, she too withholding secrets of her own. She wouldn't share any details of my birth father or details surrounding the circumstances of my birth. She wasn't ready for me to meet my half-sister. She was young and she couldn't remember was the best information I could get she promised her mother she wouldn't tell my half-sister about this until she was 18 years old which was still eight years away later i would come to understand her responses and her reasoning driving the lack of information at the moment she was another person to interrogate another piece of the mosaic another person who was hiding information from me i was too close to completing that mosaic still in the search and couldn't quite yet see it as a beautiful design i'd let it go for another decade Just before the summer solstice in 2020, protesters were flooding the streets and finally standing up for another black man that was murdered at the hands of white police. I was enraged, triggered. My protest followed in the form of a DNA test. It was as if my blood was bubbling and had something to say. So I spit in a cup because I wanted to know. Because I wanted my sons to know. Because we deserve to know. Who am I? Even more specifically, the question evolved into, am I black? And if so, why is everybody hiding? One month later, I got my results. I was 50% Eastern European on my mother's side, and 32% African, and 18% a random European combination on my father's side. For the next 72 hours, i put together my virtual family tree. A few months afterwards, I met my birth father, who filled in the blanks with the broken pieces. I stepped back at last, and before me was a beautiful mosaic. Technology made possible my search for ancestry and my self-discovery. I found my whole truth, and with it, I found belonging. I found my birth family. And through uncovering my truth, several things happened. Healing. I could see my brave and beautiful birth mother for her strength and have compassion for what she went through. She has also experienced healing by being freed from this secret she was forced to keep about a traumatic decision that she was forced to make. Do I carry her anxiety, trauma, and fear in my bones these days as my own? My broken and brave biological father was able to begin healing through a reunion with his firstborn, who was taken from him in secret, along with his rights and because of his Blackness. He was left with no baby, no choice, no closure. My father... Who raised me died last year the man who nurtured me protected me and educated me whose toes i'd stand on whenever a billy joel song came on i was the sparkle in his eye and my name was etched on his heart and i drove him mad with my sass my father was the first man i loved and from him i learned to love i was alone with my dad when he died i wrapped his arms around me and curled up in bed next to him I snuggled into his chest and wept. I washed his hands and face and repeated messages of my love and gratitude for the life that he provided me until the very end of his own. When dad's big heart finally stopped and he took his last breath, I was filled with so much gratitude. I then began the painful process of grieving. Because adoption is layered and nuanced, the discovery is too. The next layer is one I didn't expect. I arrived at my parents' best friends around midnight, the night my father died. We stayed up late together talking about all the things up to and including the past year. We decided the pandemic probably took a big toll on my father's health, along with so many years of caring for my mom and her dementia. My aunt and uncle didn't know about my DNA search, so I pulled up the results in their kitchen. Honey, we knew, my aunt said. What do you mean you knew? Nobody knew. I just found out and I'm 45 now. Certainly, she meant we knew as in we assumed I was mixed with something like most everybody else that had met me, but that wasn't what she meant. In my father's death, I learned the truth. Dad, likely mom too, knew the whole time. In December 1976, my parents got a call from the adoption agency with the news of an available baby girl with one caveat. You need to come see her, offered the distance voice on the line, because I was biracial, special needs, the agency wanted to make sure that these adoptive parents desperate to have a baby would still be accepting of that baby if she wasn't white. Does she have three eyes? My comical father asked, the voice on the other end assured him two eyes, and that was all he needed to hear. My aunt's revelation of that moment was also the revelation that my parents knew I was a biracial child. After decades of inquiring, why do I look different? Do you think I'm black? Do you think I'm mixed? Why would people call me the N-word? Now I was asking, why did my parents hide the truth? Did my parents want to protect me from racism in a world where a non-white woman passing as white is better than a biracial woman knowing who she is? Was I, in my beautiful biracial truth, not enough? The adoption constellation is made up of many relationships that can be beautiful, complicated, and fragile. The more I share, the more I know that having the courage to hold truthful conversations, no matter how uncomfortable, sets the stage for so much more. Confidence, communication, and connection all contribute to successful relationships. It's been decades and decades and decades of secrets, of hiding, of misinformation, disinformation, in some cases, just downright lies. It's also been a lifetime of love, of support, of privilege, of opportunity. In my case, it is both for me. It is love and it is hurt. Nobody helped me find my truth. Nobody would tell me the truth the whole time that I was asking. And nobody should have to ask so many questions and have to dig so long and so hard to find out who they are and where they come from. I share my story because there could be another adoptee out there with any feelings similar to mine and they need to know that they're not alone. I share my story because there could be another family out there looking into adoption as an alternate way to build their family and they need to know they have to be honest. They cannot parent from fear. They cannot parent from guilt. They need to parent from a place of truth and trust their job is well done. I share my story for the counselors and the social workers and all the different people that touch one child's life so they know truth is the only way that we can heal, and we can be confident. This episode isn't just about me and my journey. It's about your journey too. It's about the stories that we tell ourselves, the truths we seek, and the connections that shape us, whether you're an adoptee, a parent, a counselor, a teacher, a friend or just somebody that believes in the power of stories to change lives, I hope this episode resonated with you deeply. The secret is finding that sense of identity and belonging, even if we don't have all the facts, but the truth is we should have them. Somebody knows the truth, and if it's available to us, please share it with us, no matter how hard the conversation may be. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Adoptee Diaries podcast and stay tuned for more inspiring stories and discussions. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us through our website or social media platforms. Thanks for joining and see you next time.